0: In the winter. Hello and welcome to the 14th of these podcasts from the Isles of Mull, Iona, Alva and Gometra. This is a special Christmas episode, released on the morning of Christmas Day 2018. I'm Alastair Satchel, I live outside of Dervig in the north of Mull, and I'll be your host this Christmas morning. Here's a gerry for you boy, now go and buy the fattest goose in the shop. In this episode, I talk for a second time with Duncan McGilp of Tobermory. Duncan's episode, the first of What We Do in the Winter remains very popular with both older and newer listeners, as I can see from the statistics. I know so many of us hold Duncan with such great respect and affection that I thought it worth releasing this second interview as a wee festive treat. Not long after the first episode was released, Duncan phoned our house. I was out, so Georgia, my wife, phoned me to say that he'd called. I thought, oh no, what have I done wrong? And, as I was shopping in Taub anyway, I drove straight up the road to go and see him. Stepping into the house, through the kitchen and into the living room, the first thing he said to me was, when can we do it again? I was utterly delighted. This episode you're currently listening to is the result of that second interview. Our conversation covers loads of topics, including Osgood Mackenzie, Dykes and Agonists, various different books about Scotland, different boats famous on the West Coast, the Missionish Lochs, the Canoe Boys, Calve Island itself. And a washing machine makes an appearance towards the end of the podcast as well. My son, Call, sat with us as we talked, and you can hear him flicking through the pages of his book as we chat. You'll also hear Morig come in and have a wee word with us at one point. In fact, she asked Call if he's bored. <laughs> as ever, if you're curious about any of the subjects we talk about, please feel free to visit our website at com to find links that will allow you to investigate further. Nish, Shaw Duncan McGilp.
1: The river that flows down to Leichardt is called the Ace, It is also the, the Torbreck River, but locally it's known as the East. From the top of the East, from the roundabout to the crossroads, when I was a boy, that was known as the New Road, because it was new then. It's not new now, but the history of it is not so pleasant. It went straight up to where the crossroads are, and there was a slice taken off every croft that it passed. And these crofts used to be bounded by the river. Yes. But this went straight, and every croft lost in some ground. And this was decided by the owners of Aris Estate, who were usually very publicly spirited and generous. But they weren't aware that this was causing hardship, and the reason for it was so that their guests going to fish the Mishnish logs wouldn't have to travel through the upper village of Dobermory and have the natives looking at them as they passed. So that was the price that was paid by the crofters. It was quite a long way around, and quite a sensible thing, but they should have recompensed the crofters for losing. Grazing, and then it didn't. It's oh, very mm-hmm. brutal.
0: Does Grant McKinnon still have one of those crofts as well? Yeah, Do
1: Further, further up on the Salon Road mm-hmm. at Ballasgate. Yes. Ballasgate. The, 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 the town of the Cat.
0: Ah, it's
1: not ah. yes. And his grandfather uh-huh. was a noted Gaelic scholar. Ah, right, okay. And he was bilingual, very fluent in both. To tell you the truth, he heard the Bobby MacLeod, the provost, preparing a speech, and he said, "Let me read it before you." <laughs> and he, he edited it. And he was a clever man, mm, sure. Willie.
0: So, when uh, we were just talking briefly about Carnan uh, and Amish again, okay. an Amish, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just so we've got it on record? You're saying the four cairns as you're coming out of uh, the Mishnish locks heading down towards Dervig, on the left-hand side... No. Oh, where were we sorry?
1: On the right-hand side going to Dervig. The oh. four cairns, just over the fence, mm-hmm. at a, gr- a group of willow trees where they are growing out of the burn, which passes under the road. Mm-hmm. And that's the last loch. Mm-hmm. And beyond it, you've just come inside of it over the hill... Mm-hmm. You can see the end of the loch. I used to camp there.
0: Yes, we talked about that last time. Yes,
1: yeah. I went there. I kept my tent there when I was working in the garage before I was married. Yes. And I would just go up there and have a swim in the loch and have a fire going. I'd come ashore and make my tea. Ah. And a lot of visitors.
0: I'm sure it's a (laughs) a thoroughfare. Donald
1: McLean, Do Do you know Catherine McLean Catherine McLean no. Catherine Evans
0: oh yes yes yeah. hmm? Donald Langhamall's daughter
1: that's right yes I watched with him yes. in his
0: garage yes
1: and I was very friendly with Catherine yes she used to reckon that we were going to get married some day oh <laughs> 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 a mile long gap her mother was a beautiful woman and Donald was a very very clever man yes and bilingual yes completely yes absolutely unknown. No English at all when he went to school from Langamel. That's why he was called Langamol, Dolangemal. He was born and brought up in Langemel. And his father farmed Langemol.
0: But the, the the Cairns themselves, uh, you were saying a little bit about what the Cairns did. Just for the listener, I was wondering if you could say yeah, what, what was what was the function of the Cairns as well? What were they used for?
1: To rest a coffin. As they were the remains were being carried from Kilmore to Tubermorris Cemetery, or the other way, mm-hmm. they would stop f- for a rest, mm-hmm. and have cheese and a dram, and, yes. and pick up the coffin and complete the journey. So that was not, not a very... It was just halfway between the two places. Yes. You know, you know of Osgood Mackenzie, Yes. Who started the Inverview Gardens? Uh-huh. So when he died, he stipulated that he was to be buried in Bewley. I think it was Bewley it was right across Scotland. Yeah. And that his remains were to be carried by foot all the way. So they went along with this and they organized teams of men all the way across Scotland to really so that he would really mm-hmm.
0: And you mentioned there uh, as well, just before we were starting to record, uh, about the possibly the longest name in Scotland as well. Yes. <laughs> which was?
1: Drumthai Vichkilchachan.
0: Which. Uh, the
1: ridge of the house of the daughter of the son of Catnach. Oh, <laughs> as far as I know.
0: <laughs> it's fantastic. And Catnach's very much still a Mull name as well. Yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> a family of Catnachs. In Glen Forza. the wild men—they were all in the Argyll and Sutherland Highlanders—in the First World War.
0: In uh Forza, were they uh, part of the old village there? That was uh, that would, or were they in?
1: Yes, they would be. Mm. Oh, so, you mentioned dikes. Yes, now very right. nice to know uh, about
0: dikes and Agnes. Yeah. No.
1: Yes. No. As you're passing, approaching the bridge, Glenforsa bridge, if you look to the left, you see there's a wall, a dike. And there's a gap in it. Mm-hmm. Alistair Kennedy, Ronnie's dad, had a contract of delivering the, the pupils from Salon to Glenfort and visit He was passing there one morning. And he thought, that's oh, like a pair of boots <laughs> in that gap in the, in the wall. I thought, look when I come back. So when he came back, he stopped and went up Dykes, was asleep in the snow. Oh
0: dear. Oh and dear. he went
1: to lift him and he couldn't lift him. He, his, his hair was frozen to the snow.
0: Oh for goodness sake. So I
1: had to cut his hair with his knife to release him.
0: Oh goodness me. And he
1: survived that. Oh he's a hard man. Goodness me. He was being arrested by the local police and you know, passing a, a, a gate down there. I know the gate quite well. And it was lying open, a steel gate. It just went out down broke the chain between the two handcuffs. He was three. Goodness me. <laughs> he was a hard man.
0: Goodness me.
1: And he was thin as a rake. But no spare meat on him at all.
0: Where did he come from? Was he from Mull originally?
1: Oh, he would be, yes. The whole family were born here. There was him and there was Johnny, who was a very gentle man. Archie, who was as wild as Dykes. I think that was it. At least three daughters. Peggy and Rebecca and Mary, I can remember. Uh-huh. I knew them all.
0: What was their family name?
1: McAllister. McAllister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were three families of McAllister here. At that time, there was say, Becky and Dan. He was the leader of the lot. And he was a tinsmith and a very good one. He was a tinker, mm-hmm. a true tinker. Mm-hmm. And he had a skiff. And he would go out to the islands... With the cans and yeah. jugs and things that he had made in the winter time, yeah. and he would uh, bar- barter these for rabbit skins, yes. which would send away and get money from from the skins.
0: The man Timothy Neat, who um, that wrote the uh, when I was young, the islands that book there, also wrote a book called The Summer Walkers yes. about the tradition of uh, the um, travelling folk in the north of Scotland. I see, right, and he talks about the, the tin patterns there and, yes. and there, you know the sort of flower pattern that's yes. in them. Yes. That's a very very old pattern, yes. and ah. you go back to old uh, iron age, well, not iron age, but like you know old, yes. old tinware and and uh, you see very old craft. Yes, very yes. very old. I was once told many years ago I was working in the, the northeast in a place uh, called Rees, uh, just outside of uh, Wick yeah. and there's a castle there called Sinclair and Garnigal Castle. Yes, I know it. Yeah, it's um. uh, what well, there was a gentleman um it was a they were, they were reopening, it's a ruined castle, and uh, they were re- reopening it, and we got a chance to go up in the ladder to wander around with it, and the gentleman who was the guide said that, who lived in the lighthouse, he said he was a grand master of the Knights Templar, and he said that uh, the travelling folk, the Tinkers as he called them, are the remains of a, an ancient society. He
1: said, yeah. Knights Templar?
0: That He was a Knights Templar, yeah. yeah he, he was. He said he came to be a, claimed to be a Knight Templar, but... Uh, That's he. Yeah. I doubt it. I, well, exactly. I think they died off with Jacques de Molay in 1314. Yeah, but <laughs> <That's an exaggeration. laughs> Exactly. It's a more mo- the modern interpretation of it. Yes, yes. Um, but he was saying that the, the travelling folk are the remains of a, a, a civilization that used to communicate psychically I, on I the see. west coast of America.
1: I see. That's all So that was an interesting thing to find. I don't know. My, my nephew and his wife are here just now. Mm-hmm. I was telling them about the Cairns and she said... I've just finished reading a book called The Coffin Road. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Have you read it? No, no. Oh, she did a very interesting book. Yeah. I don't know just uh, what part of the world it deals with, mm. but she was very interested in the cairns. I was explaining where they are. We're going to have a look.
0: We, um, I, I got dad uh, the book, the, or my dad actually found it in our local charity shop, um, The Drove Roads of Scotland. Yes. Which has got some great stuff in great it as stuff, well. yes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Drove going at like cattle being swam across Rockall? No. Call?
1: no. And by that time there was a, a, a daily steamer, she wasn't a steamer, she was a motor boat, mm-hmm. the Loch and Var. Yes. And she was, she was the largest ship built, launched when she was built, mm-hmm. because the others were all steam. And she wasn't, she was a motor, uh. a diesel engine. And she had three engines, port, starboard and midships and three propellers. Very manoeuvrable and quite fast, quite slim build, lovely wee boat. She didn't uh, cancel as many sailings as the bigger ones nowadays. But she was sold to an Italian company who unwisely, in the interest of economy, decided to remove the Amidship's engine and the Amidship's propeller shaft. Thereafter, she could only steer when she was moving through the water. There had no way of turning her when she was static. She was caught in a violent storm off the Norwegian uh, Northumbrian coast. She sank with all hands, and I think there were over 500 people on board. All lost. There was just, she was broken up on the shore of Lochanverlin, the Lochenbad. It's a lovely old ship. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it, had you worked with her when she came into the pier?
1: Yes, I did. Yes, with my Yes, aye. i uh, He was, he was very protective of me. Yes. He would, he would select what was suitable work for me to do. If It was too heavy. He would do it.
0: What sort of things did you do when you were younger on the pier?
1: Loading and unloading the cargo boats from glasgow they came in every every fortnight one <laughs>
0: and were those the kind of classic puffer style boats or were they bigger yes, the,
1: were they bigger <laughs> steam the, the loch nan and the loch Broom. i remember these two particularly the loch nan was quite exciting because the, the stokers were very kind to us are coming down with our heat today now. <laughs> And I go down and they would hand me a shovel and I would learn to shovel it into the into the furnace. Don't be looking at the shovel, just look at the opening of the of the of the, of the um, and that's where it goes. So up the Derrick Road. Originally there were just two logs. of so Pellock and lock.
0: Oh right, okay.
1: And this pellet yes. was a, a marshy place, <laughs> it was just a bog Yes. and it was decided to dam the lower end of it and get a third loch and that's what's there today. That's why there's a meon loch, loch Mian. Yeah.
0: There's, um, there's a sort of walkway across one of them? Yes round, there is, is now, uh,
1: no, yes. I I've, I've never tried it. <laughs> no, it's what it's all right. Okay. I had a very pleasant dream in Brussels. I was in a hospital in Brussels during the war and had a very pleasant dream that I had taken Borug for a walk. And when we came to that, she said, I don't want to get my feet wet, so I'll just carry you. So I carried her. this was all in the dream. So I carried her. Closer. I woke up oh, back in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Far from home. Aye, that was a diff- different experience altogether. I'm sure. However, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they have survived it. Yeah. And I uh, had diphtheria, Could which, which had survived. During uh, the war? Yes. How
0: did you get
1: diphtheria? It, uh, two of us got it, We drank polluted water. Oh. Don't know whether it was human bodies or animal bodies that were in it. But it was reckoned that's where it came from. So I was very ill for quite a long time. There was another soldier that was the same, and he, he, he survived too. So I don't know what the treatment was because there was only M&B tablets on that one, no antibiotics at all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there was a strange development on that. We were camping at Lochinver, actually at the biggest salmon I ever saw was in the burn in uh. River, it was huge, it was that deep, huge fish. We were camping on a croft, and the croft was owned by a, I can't remember his name now, it'll come to me, I believe it's at McGilvery. It was owned by him and his niece and they had a light of their house to an Englishman he had been a surgeon in the hospital in Brussels ah. Lachey was an orderly in the same hospital and I was a patient in that hospital all at the same time but we never met until at the Inverkirk for And it there was a there but strange was, was Lachie McInnes I think his name Right. No, he he belonged to Lochend, in a lovely
0: part of the world. It, it is oh, it's it's very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we first met years ago um, during the, the fiddle uh, workshop, it was just as a book had been published, republished. The Canoe Boys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you, am I right in remembering? Did you meet them when you were yes. a young man? Yes. What was the story with the Canoe Boys?
1: They were both under publishing profession. I think one of them was the editor of the Bulletin and the other was the editor of the Daily Record or something. Two quite economical uh, Scottish newspapers. Yes. And they set out from bowling and at Craiglish Point they went ashore to find a place to pitch their tent. I think they were both in the one tent and there was bracken about six feet high. had a pity about the bracken, and the one of them says, well, trample it down. It'll do a mattress. So they trampled it down, and it was a terrible gale that night, but it went over the top of the, yeah. the bracken. Didn't, didn't have hardly rustled the tent at all. Fantastic. And then they, they t- came further up the side, came to Tubermore, and they were looking for a place to camp and a uh, shopkeeper said, go across the island there and speak to the Montano family. I find them very helpful. So they, they paddled across to Calve. And uh, yes, yes, just choose where you want to put your tent. Keep clear of the bull. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, you're free to camp anyway. So they camped there and they were meant to be there for two or three days. But the weather was very unsettled, and they were there for two or three weeks. Oh, really? By which time, one of them, whose name was Mild,
0: uh-huh.
1: got very friendly with Janet uh-huh. McDonald. Oh, right. And they married, and that Jimmy Mild is the uh, result of that. Ah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Gosh. That's where Jimmy came from. Right. Nice sharp Jimmy Moon. He's a very good farmer. Mm. He was manager of Torloisk. Ah, right, okay. Manager of Torloisk. He was very frustrated because there was a family that had been there before and they knew how it used to be run. And, and anything that he wanted to change, he didn't like it. So he was very restricted. But he was a very good farmer mm-hmm. and a very nice man and a very good guitar player.
0: Aye, yes. And his
1: wife, Janet, good singer. Yeah. And they were a, a very popular town with the Haley's and Derrick.
0: They had a regular slot in mm. the Bellacroix. Yes. Which um, was kind of legendary for, for people yes. of my generation. Yes. They really, It was very good. Yeah. All in
1: Eng- English. Aye. Yes,
0: You can find it on iTunes and Spotify, I believe, these like modern music services yes. that is still there. But mm-hmm. I only know Angus, um, and he was very... He was very nice and when I. Nice job.
1: Came, oh, lovely. Yes. Lovely guy. We had a son Angus. We lost him at the age of 22 in a yes. car crash. Yeah. But he and the two Angus didn't get on very well. Right. They were too evenly matched. They were, they were rivals right from the start. I was going to tell you something else, but forget what it was. It doesn't
0: matter. There was, I think, um, I remember you saying that they, <coughs> after stopping in it, Cal, they went to Ardmore that's right and did you not go on an adventure to Ardmore yourself as well? pardon? did you not go on an adventure to Ardmore yourself yes. as
1: well? yes, I had tea in the same house as say camped in yes. with a shepherd on Erie I had a very useful wee collie dog and uh, when there was a, a sheep gathering on Erie he would tell me a couple of days before don't go to school and start to have a job for you and your dog. So we That's brilliant. We got there about lunchtime, we said, Well, we'll go in here he said, I've got the makings of a cup of tea in the cupboard and there was a a cupboard nailed to the wall. It was called a press. Yes. A yeah, press. Yeah. Just a wooden cupboard. Yeah. And uh, he had tea and condensed milk and sugar there. Oh for goodness
0: sake. So, condensed milk so, and sugar. Sure. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Oh. Uh, so it was quite a good cup of tea. Yes. And that's where the the boys, the canoe boys, before they headed north. In between time, they were uh, flitting back and forth to Calve, mm-hmm. in the way of a man with a maid, of course, and they didn't want to uh, sever the connection. Mm-hmm. So they, they kept in touch with the McDonalds and Calve. They were a very nice family. There was Margaret, and Janet, and Malcolm, who was a huge man, very, very strong, and a brother who was very badly deformed. His, his, his fingers were all not properly formed at all, mm-hmm. but he could row a fine, and that, that was essential for so column. They, they had a bull, and when the bull was ready to have the nose, a nose ring, Calum took him into the byre and pulled his head right down mm. to the floor. The, the bull never forgave. No, I, no. I, I wouldn't forgive him either. No. <laughs> no. Oh gosh. But they, they spent quite a lot of time on Cal and then they kept in touch after the, they went north but they kept in touch. And obviously Janet and I forget the other one's yeah. name. Jimmy Mullen's father day. Yeah. They married. Mm-hmm. Gosh.
0: So when you were growing up, um uh, you said figured largely in, in your life. Yes. Were there other characters in the town that uh, yes. that, that were that stand in your oh,
1: memory? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Ian McKinnon's father Duncan. Uh-huh. Duncan Honey. He was the son of Johnny, Johnny Ruhr, so oh. he's known as Duncan Honey. OK. Glorious tenor voice, beautiful singer, his garlic was very local. Ah, fantastic. I don't know whether it was called, called classic or, or unclassic, I don't know, but he, he had a beautiful voice, he was a very good singer.
0: What was his occupation? What did he do?
1: He had a lorry. He had a horse and cart as his father before him. Mm-hmm. And when he came home from the army, he brought an army lorry with him. And he carried on his carrier business. Uh, Ian MacDonald, Spank's oh, yes. uncle Ian.
0: Uh-huh.
1: He was a very fine man, very tall. He was kind of like Dykes in appearance, very tall and very thin, hard as nails. So Duncan Honey. Duncan, a McKinnon, was taken prisoner during the first, Second World War. He was first of all a prisoner of the Germans and then the Italians. And surprising to see the Italians were much more sadistic than the Germans were. And they damaged him. I think probably he never recovered completely. Privation of Dehydration and the uh, creaking in his, you could actually feel the uh, friction in his knees when he bent them. And he had a laureate and uh, very friendly with him. So there was the uh, McGochan, Duncan Honey, Ian Spring Springbank. Uh-huh. He was known as Ian Spring. All right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and John Macdonald called the Spank. It's all from the Springbank
0: yeah the house that they lived done yes and the, the middle. <laughs>
1: father of was uh, Ian's father was a sea captain very tall so, mm-hmm, handsome you, man
0: were you ever tempted to go to sea yourself at all yes I
1: was yes before uh, before the end of the my uh, and I, I had trained as a wireless operator so I could have got a, a job on any of these ships spark I was yeah. tempted mm, I was tempted but the reason that I didn't go for it was... I'd been away quite a lot, and my parents were getting old. And I decided that uh, to the uh, five years—five years would be the maximum by which the time they would be five years older, and they would be more in need of a young man about the place. So, and the my father was a bank manager. Yes. So the, I went to. I was uh, very. Orientated towards farming as a boy, McGochan, mm-hmm. Duncan Honey, Johnny Sinkler, expert among sheep, and uh, these were all my sort of heroes. Yeah. And they all taught me a great deal. Yeah.
0: Did McGochan ever talk about his experiences at all in the Dardanelles? Oh, in his Did he ever mention his experience in, in the Dardanelles at all?
1: You couldn't believe what he said.
0: Oh brilliant! <laughs>
1: he told me once that he would he'd only one arm, he would only <laughs> one eye and one arsehole. <laughs> I don't know, if, he said he was blind in one eye, I don't know if he was or not, it was mm. a great shot. Ah, you but said it, yeah, Yes, yeah. He was, yes. He had a craft up in cricket you and then he moved to a craft over at Bay Down. Uh-huh. And there was, at the bottom of it, there was a lovely place called, in Gaelic, a reenach, a meadow. Ah, OK. In the midst of a wood, or in the midst of a forest. Lovely. And in the reenach, there was a very thick grove of blackhorn. And I discovered a way into the middle of it. So this would a good place to have a book, So I built a book and then. And before I had the tent, I used to and sleep we there. Both either, huh? Yes, fantastic. and nobody knew except my Ah, fantastic! And I had uh, He was visiting a, a friend's house so quite a lot. He's he very friendly with his mother, and a lovely old lady. He kept asking how he's getting on with the boat. Well, let's see. I've got the tides up, and the roof on, but the roof's leaking very badly. Well, I said, they have flattened out tar bottles. Where did you get them? Over target practice for the Navy over on Calve. How did you get them? I rowed them back across on a rowing boat and pulled them up the bank. I thought I bought it for 12 or 14 at this time mm-hmm. and it was quite strenuous. Mm. But it leaked. Aye. The roof leaked. So he said to How, me, how's it said, the rose mm-hmm. Only one answer to that, he said, corrugated iron, I haven't got any, I said, no, not, no, I didn't realise that, he said, right, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss this again, so we discussed it again, he said, go to the Bond store, it was a Naval store, go to the Bond store, between nine and ten on Saturday night, and, and push the sliding doors across, and you will find something of interest: Fantastic. two sheets of corrugated iron.
0: Fantastic. And
1: they're there yet. Really? Well, I haven't seen them since that, but I think they'll be a, in existence. And that was it, that was great. It didn't take any more. Brilliant. Mm. And I had a way through the. Black he couldn't see the the bark from the from the outside. a great, been... great adventure, and there was a wee button coming down, and there was two two rock pools. And it must have been my mother that was telling me to be careful with drinking water. I had drank out of the top one and washed in the next one, Aye. and I didn't wash any off.
0: <laughs> little boy, why would you? <laughs> Oh.
1: so that was interesting
0: And um, over at uh, Arras the pier at Arras there do you, do you ever remember that being in use? At oh
1: all? yes, yes What it was, was that used for? Yes. Well it was used by the estate the yachts mm. Okay so, um, there's, a, there's a cutting into the road just to the right I should look across the bay there's a cutting into the right where they used to draw the roads up the yachts into uh, this right. like a dock
0: Yeah
1: there was a girl in the school with very fronta or several girls that were very of very one in particular. Her name was was uh, Agnes mm-hmm. reversed. Yeah. And I persuaded her to come to the uh, board Saturday afternoon. So unfortunately she decided to get herself smartened up for the occasion. Ah. And granny spotted it. Oh. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to meet Duncan. Where? Oh, yeah. In the Aris Woods. You're not going to the Arras Woods. I'll tell you where you're going. Upstairs. Aww. Get on with your get on with your homework. Oh, that's that's <laughs> mean. So that was it. Both was very wise, I think. <laughs> we were both quite advanced, quite adult by that time. She was a lovely girl met her, and her husband, a long time after that, met her daughters too, in Vanesson. Good. She belonged to Vanesson, she was born in uh, Kilpatrick, down there.
0: And when you were younger, uh, and, uh, with playing the fiddle and things like mm-hmm. that, who who would you play with? Who were the other musicians you would play with?
1: Before the Mull Fiddlers.
0: Aye, before the... Uh...
1: Yes. I didn't play it very much. I, I, when I went to Auburn School, I left my fiddle at home. So all the time I was in Auburn School, I didn't play it at all. And then I was in the army; and I didn't play it at all. So I didn't, for these years, I didn't play the fiddle at all.
0: So how did the um, the creation of Mull Fiddlers come about? What was the what was well, the catalyst?
1: The catalyst was a man called Hamish Johnston.
0: <laughs> Hamish the Boot. Johnson. Hamish
1: the Boot Johnston. <laughs> Who couldn't see a piano without sitting down to play it and didn't mind who whose it was yeah. or where it was. He, and once he got seated at the piano he couldn't hear it at all. Yes. But he yeah. was full of music. Yeah. Island dance music. Yeah. Composed a lot of lovely tunes. Some slow airs and the dances and marches. He wrote Carve Island yeah. the tune, didn't he? Yeah. Yes.
0: I remember, uh, yeah, I I met Hamish when I was a kid over in uh, Colin Driveway. Yes. So I grew up in Dunoon, as you know, and uh, it was Archie McNaughton that taught me the yes, fiddle. Yes. He was a lovely man. He and was and,
1: uh, and his wife a lovely woman, Barbara.
0: Barbara. I saw Barbara this weekend. Yes, that so? Yeah. If you
1: see her again, tell her you've met me. I will do. Yes. Ah, she's
0: something tender. else, Barbara. Yes, wishes to. So I I owe them a lot. Yes, I and uh, it was the. I met Hamish at Cayley's at theirs, yes. and uh, yeah, till uh, the wee small hours in the morning, the tunes would be going on. <laughs> you were born uh, in Tobermory itself, where were you born in
1: Tob? The house is now called Farcher, and it's for sale. Oh, right. It was the Claystill Bank, and the house was upstairs. The office was downstairs, and the house is upstairs. Because your dad was the bank, bank manager. Yeah. Four of us were born there. Four children. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very, very talented parents. Father was a very good singer, bank manager. Mother was a wonderful pianist. Safe, yeah. Yes, and she was a beautiful singer too. Mm-hmm. Hello, darling. Did you get cold through there? No. Did you get cold? No, no. Oh, that's good.
0: Oh, she's, yeah, it looks after you well, I'm sure. Yeah. I was going to ask uh, just one, one or two more things before I dash off. That's going to leave you to your afternoon. But I was going to ask a little bit more about Dykes and Agnes. Yes. Um. Are there other tales? People were very keen to heal, hear tales of of Dykes and Agnes. Was there? Uh, what, what? What? made? What made them so notable as characters?
1: Yeah, Agnes was a lovely person. But he was unscrupulous. Mm. And they had a caravan up the Glengoram Road. you uh, not very far up. There was a, a sort of quarry into a rock face and it was in there. I put it in there with the Land Rover. Oh really? for it, yes. So uh, what did the okay? what did yeah, the okay. what did Duncan charge you for putting the caravan in there? Mm-hmm. I'm not telling to Donald. No business of yours. That business is between Mr. Ogilvy and I. <laughs> she wouldn't disclose what it was.
0: Uh, and I, one of the tales I've heard, I don't know if it's true, I mean, it's all these things grow with the telling yes. of them but there's a, a tale of them being out in their boat in the uh, over in, uh, towards Loch Suna or something like that and uh, saying help, help we've not got enough rope uh, we can't get, get we can't get the water started can you give us some rope to give us a wee tow and uh, a Caledonian McBrain boat went past and they threw their rope out and they said oh wee bit more just a 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 wee bit more snip thank you very much and away he sailed could be true. <laughs>
1: I don't think it is, but it could be they were, He was on the make all the time aye. and he was he was quite unscrupulous aye. but Agnes was not she was an honest. Wee woman. She was a housekeeper in the hotel in Iona before she took up with the Donald mm-hmm. and if, sorry something else I was going to mention. why oh, the mall fair. yes fire mm-hmm. It was held on Drumdai Vikilaghartin and the flat stones are there yet where they laid out the money or whatever they were using for money. There's a description of it in a book I read, uh, The Moral Fair was well known as a meeting place for people buying and selling stock or anything else. And it went on for a week and it was such a big affair that people had to spend a lot of time there. So they lived in shelters, tents and anything at all. That
0: was quite something then.
1: And many many strange uh, habits developed. (laughs)
0: Yes, I'm sure. Yes, we um years ago we we were chatting about uh, I think it was the book Flora Celtica as well, and um, I remember talking about the word uh, the the plant bitter vetch. I think it was when Bill Clegg was still alive, and mm-hmm. we were chatting about it. And um, there was bitter vetch was a plant that was particular fun. It, it says in Flora Celtica, particularly favoured of the people of Mull because it would keep them from drinking. Oh. It was, yeah, they would chew it I and it would, uh, it would get away. They would, you know, th- would put them off, yeah. off drinking for some reason. Mm. Sort of, I don't know if there was something mm-hmm. in it that you. I don't know. Uh, I never heard of it. No. Oh. Flora Celtica has a great book as
1: well. Me, there's need of it nowadays. Uh,
0: exactly. Oh, indeed, yes. yes.
1: Yeah. Bill Clegg was a very knowledgeable man.
0: Bill Clegg was a gentleman, yes, was an absolute absolutely delight to know.
1: Brilliant mind. Oh, I thought he was wonderful. wonderful. Yes.
0: He made me so welcome when I came here. I yes. Just, yes. No. Yeah.
1: So. I needed a great thing for the youngsters here, teaching them to swim. Aye. And taking them away to the, the a peninsula, camping weekends and that sort of thing. Ian Noble was one of his oh, prodigies. I didn't know that. Ian Noble's a very fine young man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got a very nice wife too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a nice couple.
0: Lovely, lovely folk.
1: And our lovely daughter, Hannah.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: yeah I don't know if Hannah's here now.
0: Hannah's away. Uh, yes. Hannah's at, in uh, Australia at the moment, I think. Yes, right. mm-hmm. And uh, there's also Claire yes. as well, who, runs yes. the bakery, who owns the bakery um, now. And, so. Gail. and Gail. I don't know Gail, but yes. No, uh,
1: Claire, Gail, and Gail. Mm-hmm.
0: And they're lovely. That's great. Oh, well. Hey, that's the washing machine going in the back. <laughs> that that's going to hang around the recording. So. I think that's great. Thank you, Duncan. Absolutely. If that's okay by you. All but... right. Lovely. Thank you. Born in Duncan Hor. I'm going to go to the hotel and I'm going to go to the hotel. I'm going to go to Thank you to Island Bakery again for sponsoring the podcast through the medium of Lemon Melts. Everyone who takes part in this podcast gets a box of Lemon Melts. It seems to be everyone's favourite of their range, but personally I'm particularly fond of an oat crumble myself. Thank you also to Alan, Alistair and Duncan for your donations. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to those of you who reach out to say hello. It's truly wonderful to hear from you. Thank you. As ever, the webpage, WhatWeDoInTheWinter.com has all the links and info you'll need from this episode and we can be found on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I'd just like to say a quick thank you as well to Amy McFarlane, our postie, who has delivered the poster at this incredibly hectic season. Thank you so much, Amy. We really, really appreciate what you do for us. I'm going to take a wee break for the festive season and I'm aiming to be back with the next episode for the first Monday of the new year. Thank you for listening. I hope you get a chance to enjoy the best that the season has to offer. Another krill is plain of our urgut, Himian Avlenou, More and Tang.